I can't believe we're getting married. Shit, we have to plan a wedding. Okay, take a deep breath. Relax. We got you. I'm Chris Serna. And I'm Ashley Aiken. And we are your wedding vendor besties, giving you permission to ditch tradition. This is your day, and we're here to give you permission to do things your way. Together, let's make your wedding intentional as fuck. You are listening to The Bridal Breakdown. everybody welcome back to the bridal breakdown i'm ashley and i'm chris and today we are so excited because we are joined by caitlin with caitlin earl i suppose of your budget bff she's incredible she's amazing we have her with her right now hi caitlin hi i'm so excited to be here thank you so much oh yeah you have today no idea we're going to be talking to Caitlin about all things budget. And I'm super excited. Originally, you know, we were just kind of shooting the shit kind of before we hopped on this episode with her. And, you know, obviously we're going to talk budgets and things in terms of weddings and stuff like that. But I'm sitting here listening to everything she's saying and, you know, all the all the things that she offers. Then I went to look at her shop on her website and I was like, oh, I should buy that. I should buy that. And all of these different things. And so this is, I think, a conversation that's going to be so applicable even to people who are not getting married. Uh, we're going to lean a little more into that, you know, and weddings and stuff like that. But like budgeting for some people, kind of depending how you grew up, was either a big part of your life or I feel like not a part of your life at all. Ashley, I don't know what came It was not a part of my life at all. It was not a part of our lives at all. <laughs> like I have no idea how to, like I know how to budget and what works has worked for me. And then I fall off. It's like the envelope method. You know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. with the envelopes? Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that I've been able to semi-successfully do because of like literal do- – but then I then I just cheat on myself and go use my card anyways and not actually the cash in the envelope. Um, mm-hmm. But, I've yeah, I'm never successful budgeting, but I need to be. I don't have my I, – I do not have my shit together, you guys, when it comes to money at all. I do not have my shit together. Oh, same. <laughs> <laughs> Same. But that's why we have Caitlin here to talk to us today to help us get yeah. our shit together. So Caitlin, thanks for coming on. Thanks for, for being with us and giving us your time. But why don't you do a quick introduction of who you are, uh, your business, and what you do? Sure. So I am a budget coach who um, makes budgeting simple and fun and easy so that anxious women can feel confident in their finances. Um, I do that through, uh, I have a template, a budgeting template that is in Google Sheets, and I have a group program, and I do one-to-one coaching as well. Um, So yeah, the goal is really to just make it simple and fun. You're talking to me. Yes. Yes, Yes, I am. (laughs) Which is wonderful. It's necessary. I mean, no it's offense. such a necessary. Oh no, right? None taken at all. I will like preach it from the rooftops. No. I was like the little girl when I was a kid, and people would call me a chicken. This is unrelated to budgeting, but people would call me a chicken for not wanting to like jump off of a play gr- play set or something. And I'd be like, "Yes, yes, I am a chicken. I am proudly. I will wear that hat of being a chicken. Like you're <laughs> not offending me whatsoever." But anyways. No, I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. I think that a lot of couples are going to be in the shoes that Chris and I are in, where we are just absolutely clueless about money and how to manage it and the importance of actually doing that. So I think this will inspire me and my wife to be better with money too. So 
Um, yeah, I, uh, what got you started into and passionate about budgeting? Okay. So I was the kid who, um, I've been obsessed with budgeting forever. I was the kid who would ask for like my birthday and Christmas money in ones so that I could like categorize it and wow. move it around and have fun with it. Like, so I've I love been that. doing this like forever. <laughs> Literally, like budgeting is your BFF. Yeah, no joke. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that's really what got me into it. But um, of course, like a lot of teenagers and people in their early 20s, um, I went off to college and um, a lot of money. had this really fun realization that I could get all kinds of credit cards and go out and buy whatever I wanted. Um, right. It was so fun. I was footloose and fancy free. And then the bills started rolling in and I couldn't pay them. Um, And so my credit just, you know, 18, 19, 20 just tanked. And Mm -hmm. it took me, you know, the rest of my 20s to really pull myself out and get my credit back on track and readjust and learn how to really manage my money like as an adult, because obviously it's really different than when you're a kid and you're just getting birthday and Christmas money, you know, yes. um, yeah. and allowance. And so having that, it was so hard. Um, but I'm thankful because now I get to do what I do and help other people who maybe made the same types of mistakes yeah, in their there. past. Yeah, exactly. Like I know that guilt. I know that shame. I know that anxiety. Um, and I know it deeply. And, um, I can't stand the thought of other people feeling that way. And so if I can help others not to feel that way about their money anymore, then I'm all for it. Yeah. And earlier when we started, I love all of this. When we started this conversation, you know, your business is like your budget BFF and you were talking to me and I'm like hardizing over this because you're like, (laughs) I'm going to be your friend with your money. Like yeah. money's not going to be weird. It's not going to be shameful. Like mm-hmm. I'm your friend. We're going to talk about this and like, it's going to be fine. It's going to be great. And like, in what way do you feel? Because we're going to, what we're going to talk about today is like, of course, how budget applies to wedding planning, which it applies to wedding planning, mm-hmm. like massively. That's like the one time that I feel like people are like, okay, I got to have a budget. Um, and it kind of can kickstart some people that maybe have never budgeted before. Or it can send them in the complete opposite direction. And get in debt. Yeah. And get into like, debt. The credit cards yeah. that we were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't remember where I was going with that. But the biggest question I think I want to know is like, how can having a budget be really beneficial? Why should somebody start a budget? Why is this something that brides need to listen to? Um, so really the purpose of a budget, and when we break it down, it's literally money in and money out. That's all it is. That's all it is. And Mm -hmm. if the word budget itself starts to cause that anxiety inside you, Mm -hmm. call it a spending plan. It's a spending plan. All a budget is, is a plan for your money. So you are outlining and telling your money where to go and how to work for you rather than just kind of being the middleman and your money being in charge. Yeah, That's how I feel. 
Like I just yeah. feel like it comes and it goes and it comes and it goes and I'm just like standing in the middle of a tornado. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or like one of those money machines where you're like trying to grab the dollar bills. Yes. <laughs> and they're like just all flying around. Yeah, it's it can be chaotic. And when you but when you have a budget in place, as long as it's realistic for you and functional for you, it takes so much weight off your shoulders because it's like, okay, I have this amount coming in. I know what's going out. I can see all of my expenses right here in front of me and I know where I can adjust. I know where I can make changes. Like it feels doable because you know, you have the information. Yeah. It's, you're, you're equipping yourself with the answers. This yeah. is so interesting that we're having this conversation about a budget because maybe it was about a month ago. I was talking to my therapist and um, this was one of the things that I brought up with like, budgeting and, and bill paying, um, and stuff like that. And how I had this, this mental like block that I had to get past in my mind, I would never, you know, the money would be there and it would be in our account and we would have it. But I, I, this, I realized that I would not want to pay the bills and do those things and sit down and actually budget because there was a, uh, a part of me that, and I didn't realize this until we talked about it, but that didn't want to see that number get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And so there was like this roadblock and really what he helped me kind of flip my attitude, attitude around and realize is like, no, this is information that you need. So, you know, if he kind of used the analogy of like a scary monster, you know, like when you see a scary monster in the horror movie, uh, it's not so scary anymore because you're taking a look at it. But until mm -hmm. you sit down and actually look at it, look at it for what it is, you're like, oh, okay, this is what it is. And so I don't know, do you ever have people that kind of fall into that camp to where they're just afraid to look at the numbers? Oh, yeah. Oh, more often than not. More. Yes. Ashley's raising her hand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm raising my hand like me. That's oh. me. I like, I'm <laughs> petrified to look at yeah. my bank account all the time. I'm like, I do not want to open up that app. But I have to because I'm about to go buy groceries. Like, open it up, mm -hmm. open it up, take a look at it. And I'm like, or something will happen. And I'm like, oh my God, where'd all my money go? Because I'm not paying attention. And like, <laughs> what was it? A few months ago, random story. Chris, you'll remember this. I completely ran out of money and I had overdrafted like so many times. And I didn't know because I'm afraid of my app, right? And I'm like, I might be an extreme of people or maybe more people feel this way than I do. But then I realized because I'm afraid of my app, this is where the problem came from. I was on a Chipotle bender where I was getting Chipotle like every day for a while. Okay. I was just like really wanting Chipotle. I was craving it hard. I was getting it every day. It's the guac, man. It'll yeah, do it to you. so good. <laughs> and what ended up happening is years ago, I'd used the Chipotle app. And there was a hack. And so somebody was also getting Chipotle on my card, but I was getting it too. So I didn't notice it because somebody was using my card to get Chipotle. And they were spending $40 and $50 every single day. They took $700 from me, but I didn't notice it because it was just like a Chipotle purchase, you know, and I just scanned right through it. Mm -hmm. But if you're not afraid of your money or afraid of your app, you know, I feel like you would look at that and catch that sooner where mm -hmm. I'm just so oblivious. And again, I'm in the middle of this tornado, afraid to look at the app. And then somebody gets $700 worth of Chipotle because they were using my card. Isn't that a oh disaster? Goodness. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that is terrible. Terrible. Worst case oh scenario. Gosh. But yeah, anyway, absolutely. But it's a great lesson because 
like having a budget and having that budgeting habit where you are um, like entering in your transactions and you're seeing in real time what the balance is in your account, it totally removes that, um, you know, feeling like you need to check your bank account before you go to the grocery store. It removes that anxiety. It removes that, oh, is this going to go through? Is it going to be accepted, declined? Like, I don't know. Um, And a budget really, it gives you that confidence and it really takes away that anxiety. Um, And so it just... It's so helpful. It's so helpful. And yes, a lot of people come to me and, you know, I have this group program and a lot of women who come into it haven't looked at their bank account in years, but they've never had a budget. And it's like that fear has been holding them back for years and years and years. When in reality, your numbers are already out there, whether you look at them or not. Yeah, it's, already it's already so true. Yeah, it's happening. They're already yeah, like they exist, and all we're doing is harnessing them, and we're putting them in front of us so that we can be informed. It's almost like we're that's, it's that's empowering. All people. we're doing. One so million percent. I, I have a question. So for someone that's hearing this, and they're like, "Okay, yes, like oh, I know I've been needing to do this." I, I would imagine that the average late age of our listeners is somewhere between twenty-two and thirty-two, maybe somewhere in that range. I don't know if you'd agree with that, Ashley. Um, but so, if, and for so many people, you know, especially on that younger age, this concept may be so foreign to them. What? How do you recommend somebody even start this process? Uh, of of obviously, they can reach out to you. They can look into your program, and we'll talk a little bit more in details about that a little bit later today. Um, but like, what are some other steps that people can take to begin to empower themselves and to begin to kind of take control of their finances? Yeah. So the biggest piece I think is just starting where you are and remove any judgment. Like, just go in. And just be, um, just remove that judgment of yourself. Like you've already made the purchases, you've already done all the things. And so really, um, I always recommend taking one to three, really three months of your bank statements, credit card bills, expenses, um, and putting them all down on paper and going through and seeing how much you've spent on groceries and dining out and what you're spending on clothes or target runs or Amazon, like all of those things. The target and runs. And <laughs> he's smirking. <laughs> all of those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and seeing like where your money is going. And once you have that information, you can't really make changes, sustainable changes until you know where you are. And so creating a budget is literally just taking those numbers that are already out there, putting them down on paper, and then taking it from there. And you know, as you're talking about, as you're talking about all of that, I'm thinking like, oh, here's what that's doing. That's creating an awareness of where your money is going. And so it kind of is like the first step in like realizing like, oh, here's what I'm doing. And then you have a decision to make. Do I want to continue down this path? Do I want to continue spending $150 $150 a week on Chipotle. No shade right. at Ashley at all, <laughs> all the shade, uh, or, or anyone else. I mean, for some people, 
For some people, it's the $8 coffee every day. For, you know, some people, it's, you know, for our family, our family is super guilty about loving to go out to eat. What a terrible time in our economy to continue that. Uh, but, but you know, that's something that, that we have. And so it sounds like creating an awareness. And then once you have that information, then you decide, okay, what do we want to change? So once somebody makes that decision about kind of what they want to change because they're looking at their behaviors, how do they go about making, like what would be the next step? Yeah. So the next step is to really look at um, what your values are, what's important to you and what you desire in life. And if your budget isn't a reflection of those things, then those are the areas that you need to look at. So when we're talking about dining out, what's the why behind the dining out? Is it because I didn't go grocery shopping on Sunday like I normally do and I have no food in the house? Is it because I don't feel like cooking even though the house is full of groceries? Or do we dine out because it's really fun and it's a family event and we make it really special and like this is family time and this is what we do for family time. And then it's okay. So if the family time is what's important, then how can we either make it special and go out once a week instead of multiple times? Or can we do pizza and a movie at home and or still make that special. I exactly. was thinking picnic. Yeah, exactly. you, can we yeah. make food at home and then go to a different location? Yeah. Right. Eating out exactly. is like the convenient way. It's like, yeah. it's, it's solely convenience, but there, are, if the why is family, there's other ways that you can achieve exactly. that why. Exactly, exactly. And, um, and if it is convenience, you know, what can I do to front load my week so that I have convenient food to eat at home? You know, so it's really digging in below the surface and determining like, okay, why is this thing important to me? And it might not even be the getting food, you know, the dining out. It might be these other things that there are other ways to go about it. It's so interesting. What I'm hearing, Ashley, and I don't know if you're hearing this as well, but like what I'm hearing in this conversation is this is truly about your habits and how you live your life. And it's like, Mm -hmm. and I think that that's why this is so hard for people to make shifts and changes in their budget, because it's like ingrained habits into us. I mean, this is so funny. I'll Mm -hmm. use this as an example. I used to record a podcast um, with my uncle and we used to record it uh, in the evenings. And so I had this thing where after every time uh, we would record. I would stop at the Quick Trip right by, which is a gas station here. Uh, I don't need what part of the country you're in. I didn't even ask you that. I'm in New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Okay. Yeah. So what is that like? Wawa up there? Isn't that a big thing over there? Or is that? Oh, we have like Irving, Circle K. Like Circle okay, K. Those yep. Types yep. of yep. things. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, yeah. Quick Trip has amazing, delicious, delicate gas station food um not delicate with delicate delicacies honestly uh, quick trip food isn't really like they have a kitchen so they have a kitchen yeah it's, I, I dig it it's more but, than just like the roller stuff that's like on the roller grills well but. see i would go for the roller stuff so i would get a <laughs> a snapple a fruit punch snapple and a buffalo chicken roller and then i'd get out and i'd go home but it got to the point to where i every time i would pass it at that time like i would have this craving like this neurological and this bodily physiological like craving for that like I needed it and so that's the kind of Mm -hmm. stuff that it's like well I can save myself seven dollars a week if I didn't do that 
you know, and that could go somewhere else, but it's this habit that is ingrained in us. Um, I don't know if, if you ever encounter people that have extreme resistance to like, maybe not like towards you, but towards like, oh, this is difficult, but I really want this. And I really like this that way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so it's a balance, right? So, um, we're always, you know, taking care of what we've done in the past. We want to prepare for our future and we want to have fun in the present. Right. And so it's a balance of, well, I really want this today, but if I skip this today, what can I have in the future? And that's where the desires really come in. Because like, if we go back to talking about family time, if family time is really important, then maybe a family vacation is what you desire. Mm. And so skipping that $7 and immediately putting that $7, transferring it right into your savings account instead of paying for that thing that you want right now, then okay. you're working towards your desires. And so it's replacing it that habit. Yeah. And replacing that habit with another habit that is going to help you um, and make your life better in the long run. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I freaking am obsessed with this. How do people, before we like pivot into weddings, because obviously that's a big yeah, we're, part felt of budgeting. like we need to lay a little foundation about budgeting and kind of yes. pick, pick Caitlin's brain on that before yes. we get into the wedding side of things. How do, so like when I've tried budgeting before and try, mm -hmm. I need to do this very deeply, very badly. Um, how do people stay true to their budget? Because I feel like that's where, like that's where debit cards have really just done us dirty in, mm -hmm. you know, this millennium <laughs> where, well, you know, we didn't, our parents didn't have that. So, you know, there's a lot of this cash society or credit card, but it wasn't so much debit card. Right. 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 The, I'm like showing my young age right now, even though I'm 30, <laughs> but they didn't have debit cards when we were kids. Right. They had checks. <laughs> Oh, you're right. They had checks. They had checks. That's right. Mm -hmm. Everybody carried the book around and the grocery store lines took forever to get through. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's right. But how do we stay true to a budget when we're not actually seeing that money go away? You know, I feel like there's that emotional transaction that happens with cash that doesn't happen with a card. And that's where I struggle. I'm like, I can only, especially how expensive crap is right now. Like if I had, let's say it's just me and my husband and I had like a hundred dollar a week budget for the groceries. I can easily go over that. Well, especially right now, a hundred dollars is not realistic for really anybody for groceries right now. Um, but how do you stay to a budget? How do you stick? How do you, how do you stay motivated? Um, so planning is important. And then when you, when you're first, um, shifting those habits, there has to be something to tie the new habit to. Right. And so, okay. um, whether that is saving up for something important or celebrating in a way that acknowledges the fact that you stayed on budget, but also like makes you feel good about it because it's not all about needs. You have to have some wants mm. in there. Otherwise so restraints, not all restraining yourself. Exactly, exactly. So there needs to be some room in the budget to make mistakes or to stop at the gas station and get, you know, whatever you want to eat. The there needs to be exactly there needs to be some room in the budget. Um yeah, and like I am I am a huge proponent of 
if you want a coffee, buy a coffee. Um, <laughs> you know, like I am not going to tell you not to do that. Um, if you're really struggling though, you know, there might be some things that you need to do differently. Um, and that the variable expenses are where you can look to really make mm-hmm. some adjustments. Um, but really, you know, if you stay on budget, how can you celebrate that? Like, how can you start to rewire so that you look forward to staying on budget? Wait, I love that. So it's like, it's like maintaining, staying within the budget that you want, right? Because that's, that's what I'm hearing is it's like, this budget is about what you want in your dreams. And I can't remember you, you said like three words in a row earlier, but it was something about like your why and then your values and, and there was something else, but all of those are truly about what future you wants. Sometimes Mm -hmm. that means like maybe denying what present us wants. Um, Right. But But not always that we want, but not always. Mm -hmm. So it kind of sounds like there's, you know, there's you have to make the best decisions for yourself, I guess. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And like, so I don't get a coffee every day, but if I want one, like, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but pumpkin is back at dunks. And so like, I I went, it was a cold and rainy day in New Hampshire today. And so I was like, you know what? Oh man. I want a pumpkin. I want a pumpkin coffee. And so I went and got myself one and the feeling like the joy that that brings me is worth the $2 and whatever it is, you know, today, because it, it gives me that joy. It makes me more productive. I'm able like, I'm here on this podcast with you guys. Like it just brings that joy. And so it's a balance of determining, okay, like, why do I want this? How is it affecting me in the long run? And like, can I give myself, can I say $25 a week and put that towards coffee? Like, and then, you know, it's buying the gift card at the front, the beginning of the week. And once that gift card is gone, no more coffee. Wow. Wait, holy I hack. love that. Holy hack. I love that. You just Whoa. blew your minds with that one. Yeah, I can, I can tell. You're like, yeah. We're like, <laughs> she says gift card and we're like, <gasps> we're like, no, that that's like, genius. that's like digital cash. You see it go away. Oh yeah. my gosh. You flipping genius. Okay. Wow. <laughs> that's a way to help you stay on budget. Like little yeah. random things like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. My angel, you were sent for me. Okay. <laughs> Especially because like, as you guys are talking about this coffee, I've recently given up coffee. It was oh. very hard. It was very hard. But now I'm I have so this sorry. addiction to these like mango peach green teas. Mm-hmm. And I, I have the neurological brain thing. I'm like, I can't go to work without grabbing one of those. I can't do that. Uh, you know what? I've noticed that you've had those a lot in, in the studio this this past few weeks. So that's Yeah. Well, I got rid of coffee and I was like, I have to have something to, to pivot yeah. to. And mm-hmm. now I'm like trying to think, how can I do that? I mean, I can just have a green tea at home, but it sure ain't this. It's so good. <laughs> that's true. Oh my gosh. Um, so let's So let's pivot just a little bit here. We kind of laid a good foundation. Let's talk about debt and weddings. Uh, and, and, you know, the reality is, is that in the wedding industry, uh, sometimes people want to show out a little bit. And sometimes people have bigger eyes than maybe uh, their budgets can support. And, and some people decide to go into debt. 
uh, maybe get a loan, maybe get a credit card, you know, for their, their big day. Uh, do you have any thoughts on this? Do you have any thoughts about going into debt for your wedding and for wedding planning? Love to hear it. Okay. Um, again, there's a balance, right? And so I'm not like, I'm okay with some debt. If it is aligned again with your values, what's important to you and what you desire, and you're not setting your future self up to pay the price for what you want right now. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's really important because when we're talking about the wedding and getting married, um, like I feel like a lot of people, and you would know this better than I, but I feel like a lot of people see the wedding day as like the end of the finish line. Like they've gone oh, yeah. through yes. all of this planning and it's like, okay, it's finally here. But really like that is the beginning. That is the start. And so all of this leading up to it, it's like pre-gaming. Like it's, you want to make sure that, you know, you're not going into debt more than your future self can handle. Um, because it just, it like sets the tone for the entire marriage. Well, and know? if you think about, you know, statistically, the number one reason for divorce is finances and money and yeah. people that dish out. And I mean, any number could, it could, everybody's comfort number is different, right? For a wedding, you know, whether that's 5,000 or 20,000 or 40,000, I mean, it varies widely across the country and for different, um, people and families and like what, you know, are their parents helping? Are they not all the things? And if it's all on you and you do get this debt, thinking of future you paying this debt and if like you don't have a budget, right? Then you're not even like starting with a budget. You're not starting with a personal budget before your wedding budget. Then you don't realize how like paying that wedding debt back. It's just can pile up and it's like fake money, you know, it's just fake money, oh, right? Yeah. The 20 year old and mm -hmm. us spending all the money on all the clothes when we were 20 here, mm -hmm. here you are at 25 or 30 spending all this fake money and then you have to pay mm -hmm. for it later. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why I highly recommend like, as soon as you've got that ring <laughs> on your finger, that you do not go on Pinterest, like do not do that. Like oh, get your this. budget in order first, because yes. then it will set the expectations so that like you want to set that expectation. You don't want Pinterest to set that expectation for you. Um, and so getting your finances in order and determining like, okay, this is what we have now. This is what we want. And when we're looking at what we want, it's again, diving below the surface and asking yourself, okay, why, why do I want that? Is it because it's what I want? Is it because I saw it on social media? Is it, you know, what is the reason why? And going back to which when you're setting up a budget, you want to be focusing on your values, what's important to you and what you desire. And so that also translates into the wedding. And so you and your partner, it would help for you each to, you know, determine your own values, what's important to you when it comes to the wedding, what do you desire for your life moving forward? And then where can we make, you know, what isn't as important 
And where can we make some adjustments so that we each have what we want, but we're not setting our future selves up for failure in doing so? Everything that you're saying, I, I love this conversation and even the direction that you took kind of the debt. And it's, you know, it's about the why. And we talk a lot about Mm -hmm. like having a why on this podcast. Uh, We call Mm -hmm. it a wedding. Why? Like, why are you getting married? Why are you celebrating your marriage with a wedding? Because you don't have to celebrate it with an actual wedding party. You can go to the Mm -hmm. courthouse, you can do a small backyard thing, you know, so everyone has Mm -hmm. a reason as to why they want to do those things. And so it sounds like you're just encouraging people to really dig into what that is. Um, But then what I love about this is that you're also talking about, you know, talking to your partner about this as well. And you both kind of looking at this and getting to, I know that, you know, marriages have all sorts of different dynamics uh, where maybe one person is in charge of the money and the other person is completely in the dark. Um, Me and my wife are working on pivoting that to where that's not the case anymore, but that's both what we saw modeled growing up. And, and that's Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, how, how we just did things, but we have a, a desire to change that. And so, you know, I know that you guys are talking about money and even topics about money and money stress can be one of the biggest factors in, in kind of leading to divorce. What are, do you have any tips as to, uh, what you would say to a couple who maybe has not started budgeting and in terms of their, you know, their future and their future marriage to one another? Yeah. I mean, really, you know, what I, what I mentioned before getting that baseline, And then diving into what you desire and like, do you want to travel? Do you want to have kids? Do you want, you know, and how do you want to provide for those kids? And, um, you know, what do you want so that you can tie when we're talking about habits and all of that, what can you tie that to so that you remember in the wedding planning that, okay, this is what we want for our future. And like the purpose, I mean, the purpose of a wedding day is to be married, right? So at the end of the day, the main goal is to be married. And so what is, you know, I kind of think of what's mission critical, like what is absolutely critical for that to happen. And, you know, like looking at my husband and my wedding, um, we are both introverts. We do not like being the center of attention, but like social media would have told us that we need to still have this big extravagant wedding and invite everyone like from preschool and like (laughs) just everyone. And we really sat down and talked and it's like, okay, what's important to us being married? Okay. Nothing else matters. And so we, we went to a bed and breakfast we had our parents there and my best friend. We went out to dinner after and it was like a very low key, but very us. And I'm sure there were some people, I'm sure there were people disappointed that they couldn't be there. Um, But at the end of the day, it was about me and him being together and being married at the end of that day. When we went to bed that night, we wanted to be married. And that is, I feel like sometimes the focus comes comes away from that a little bit. Yeah. Um, and it's really focused on the big party and this and that. And it's like, no, like this is a wedding and it's the start of something. And so what do you need to make that happen? Um, and what are you willing to forego 
in the meantime, like maybe dining out gets cut, maybe, you know, new clothes gets cut, like everything that you can cut so that you can have this wedding be married, but then you're not setting yourself up. It doesn't up. impact you're not... your travel. It exactly. doesn't impact the way that you can see your children in five years. It doesn't. Exactly. So exactly. I really love this. It's almost like that needs to be like on the, you know how there's affirmations that people put post-its on in the mirror when they get ready in the morning. It's yeah. like while you're wedding planning and you're going to make decisions and you're like, do I get the $5,000 dress or do I get the $800 dress? And that mm-hmm. morning you're going and you have your post-it and it's like, you have your wedding budget for your trip around the world, you know, or exactly. your wedding budget is for because you guys want to buy a house. And yeah. Or maybe a nice for house some people, nice it's like, you know, we're going to have this low key wedding, very low key. And, uh, but we're going to go all in on our honeymoon because these moments together matter to us more, you know, yeah. in us creating these memories. You know, it, it's so interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't talked about this on the podcast yet, but my brother just got married uh, a couple weeks ago uh, by the time this airs. And, you know, he is 23. I think he's 23. I think his fiance is 25. And they opted to have the smallest wedding of all his time wife. in a family member's backyard. They, had a sunrise. It was like at 9am. Um, and I asked them about like, I had a real conversation with them. Cause I was like, and it was on like gonna... a random Thursday. It was on a Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> at 9 yeah it was like a, such I a random said... day. I was like, your brother's getting married today. Yeah. She texted me and I was like, yeah, I'm about to shoot it. Um, but I, uh, I told him, I was like, are you sure you're okay with this? Like, you're not going to regret not having the party and the this and then that. And he's like, you know, we just have these plans to do X, Y, and Z. And we're really focused in on that. And so it was in that moment where I had kind of a proud big brother moment. Cause I was like, wow, they are foregoing something that, yeah, they probably would enjoy, but they're, they're looking out for future, um, them also with this conversation, I want to caveat, if you are someone who values the party, if you yeah. are someone who values the other thing, it is okay to do that too. Absolutely. But you have to, it sounds like Caitlin, what you're saying is you, you really need to think about what you truly want and or don't just, just do what's, what's happening on social media. Yes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. One million percent. Yep. And yeah. you know, when we're talking about the dress too, you know, the 800 versus $5,000, it's, Okay, what's what's the why? Okay, I want to look and feel beautiful on my wedding day. Okay. What will it take to make that happen? Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, like can I do it? Especially if you have this future plan. If you're paying yeah. for it yourself. Like where can I find that $800 dress that makes me feel that way yeah. if that's needed for your budget? Right. You know, yeah. oh, this is I have such a good point. And you guys were talking so good, and I just can't remember. It was so I'm sorry. Good. I'm sorry. It's okay. I can sorry. I can dump. I can dive in with another one. Go um, for it, because I'm gonna have to think about it. It was so such a. I think it was a question. <laughs> you look so distraught. I am. Uh, dang it. So, Caitlin, have, when working uh, with couples in the past, maybe who were getting married, is there like, do you have a most common realization or issue that arises that maybe couples are like the light bulb moment where they're like oh my gosh, I, you know, that kind of thing that you see kind of play out maybe a little more than others uh, when couples start to budget for the first time? I think one of the biggest realizations is that what's important to me isn't actually important to my partner. (laughs) Like things feel so important (laughs) to me and like, I have to have this. This is really important. End of the world. And then it 
is the complete opposite for your partner. And so I think, but the partner has feelings about certain things that are non-negotiable for them. Like I have to have it. This is, and so it's that communicating and that realization that like, okay, we both, like we're still our own two people. We both Mm -hmm. have things that we want and that are important to us. And it really is a matter of being able to open up that conversation and talk to each other and communicate about what's important to you, you know, and, and what's important and to your partner. The others. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's so that's like, just like when we talk, Chris, about prioritizing your vendors and like putting your money in the yes. vendors that you prioritize. It's the mm-hmm. it's similar. Seems similar with budget. It's like, Mm -hmm. what are the, not just vendors, but things that are important to you? Like, what are the times of the day that are going to be important? That's where we should Mm -hmm. allocate more of our money than, you know, our resources than a part of the day that's not important to us. Like, if getting ready is not important to you, then let's not, you know, go all out on a really nice hotel just for the good photos, even though Chris and I would be elated to show up at a really great getting ready area but if it's not important to you like the morning section of the day if that's not like the part that you're looking forward to but the party is like Mm -hmm. you know take that extra money and put that there yeah I remember what I was gonna say earlier parents it's about parents I feel like you know Caitlin you said that you did have your parents go with you to on your wedding and you went to the bed and breakfast and I feel like a lot of people struggle with, you know, I want to do this small wedding or I want to elope and it's the parents who want to have the party because the parents and understandably, I so understand where parents are coming from. And I think it's something to take into consideration. Like they've Mm -hmm. been looking forward to this day since the day that you were like born and there is something about honoring them. But if like you're really adamant on doing a wedding a different way than maybe your parents see, you know, whatever that looks like having that future vision in mind and thinking it through, like kind of all parents, most of them I would say want you to do is think things through. And if you're sitting there, like we want to go to this bed and breakfast. And I know that, you know, aunt Sue's not going to be there or cousin Johnny, like they're not going to be there. It's just going to be us, but this is our future vision. And this will help set us up for that future vision. And your parents can have that like oh, they're not just trying to not include people. They're doing this for a reason. It's not just a want. It is a like thought out plan for they're thinking about their future. You know, they're not, mm-hmm. they're being responsible. That yeah, was what I, the point I wanted to make. I feel like this could help yeah. parents digest things. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, for them too, you know, taking a step back and remembering that it is their child's wedding you know mm-hmm. it's it's their day it's, their um, it's not theirs yeah exactly exactly and um you know I think it's I I always recommend um having a budget line item for therapy um yes, <laughs> so yes, definitely yes. Like, that. That. <laughs> like you know you know if there are some family dynamics that make these types of conversations really difficult um, you know, go talk it out, you know, come up with some ideas of how to have those conversations, but always tying it back to that why. And like, this is why we're doing it this way. This is, you know, humans have this um, thing where 
we think that everything is about us when <laughs> when it really isn't. Guilty. And so and so sure like just communicating the fact that no we're not trying to exclude people we're just trying to include the people who are most important to us on this one day and there are some other things in our lives that are really important to us and inviting 500 people unfortunately doesn't fit that um and so really you know and just being confident in your why and confident in like no i I see my numbers. I know what my future, I want my future to look like. And this is a wedding that's reflective of that. And, you know, had, had the couple not sat down and like put in the work to be able to figure out Mm -hmm. what was important to them, they wouldn't be able to have the confidence in that conversation to be able to say, Hey, you know, actually, no, you know, this is not important to us. This is, and so this kind of comes full circle mm-hmm. with like, you know, you are empowered to make the best decisions for yourself. And that really yeah. does go a long way, but you have to put in the work. And so my question earlier, you were, I asked about like, you know, what's one of the biggest things that, you know, you see couples kind of the light bulb moment. And it was, and you had mentioned, like, you see what I value, maybe my partner doesn't value or what I, you know, want to spend money on. Maybe my, my partner doesn't want to spend on, spend money on, um, what are some tips to like that you have to help couples get on the same page money wise uh, that may be a little, little different. I mean, and maybe this just goes back to what, you know, we've been talking about the whole day of just what are your values and, and like, you know, how do you align those? Um, But I didn't know if maybe there was anything else or if it was just further driving that home, you know? Yeah. I think that's really, I mean, that's what it really boils down to. It really does. I mean, um, and just knowing that, okay, this is important to me. This is Im- this other thing is important to you. So how can we compromise so that we both get what we want and not build, be building a foundation of our marriage on, you know, a, a cracking foundation, a foundation that has a crack on it, in it, you know? So it's just always going back to that, always going back to that. Being on the same page. Being on the same page and having an understanding of, like, I think we forget about this too, like marriage is a partnership. And so it's, and it's two equals coming together and um, building this life that they both envision for themselves. And so just, having those conversations, like communication is, is so important and communicating those values, what's important and what you desire to your partner is going to just open so many doors. Um, and really just like you're on a team too. Exactly. Exactly. Like you're not enemies in this, you know, like you're, you're, you're working together to have a wedding so that you can be married and build a life together. That's beautiful. And I feel like that is what we need to keep focusing on. Yeah. yeah. And that can be so hard because I feel like depending on how you grew up, money can be this thing that people get so defensive about. Yeah. About, oh, totally. They get so, um, yeah, I guess defensive, maybe aggressive, you know, d- depending on how you were raised. And, uh, and, and so, but you're right. It's like realizing like, hey, whoa, whoa, we're on the same team. Like we're trying to build 
you know, the same life that, that we both want. I love that. I love that. Um, And you can even ask each other, how did your parents feel about money growing up? Like make that, that, a big one, make that a conversation, you know, and like talk about it. And you're only going to like, not only will your partner get to understand you better, but you can start to talk about, oh, so that's where that comes from. Like, that's why you have some, I, some light bulbs that go off. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the beauty of having a marriage is that you get to create what you want and what fits your life. You don't have to continue doing um, what your parents did. You get to create something new like new habits and you know exactly. being a team with it not just one parent doing the bills and the other one being yeah, clueless exactly. like it can be a team effort yeah. so with the wedding budget how I, I I can just picture people thinking like especially if they're in the beginning part of it how do they come up with a number you know like do you have any recommendations for them to come up with that 5,000 20,000 40 like whatever their number is, like what they should look at before diet, you know, because that very in terms first of total wedding budget, total wedding budget. Cause in the beginning or not in the beginning, but earlier in the conversation, you were saying like, before you even do anything, like sit down and talk, yeah. how can they come up with that number? What should they look for? So, so you always want to start with your baseline. Um, you want to know what you have for income coming in what you are currently saving and if you have any savings um, and what those goals are um, and what your expenses are. And like, you want to know what you have for debt um, out there already. And so um, just getting that complete picture and then determining. So when you take your income and you subtract your savings and then you subtract your expenses, that's what you have to work with. And so then it's, you know, okay, what are we comfortable setting aside? What's the timeline? Do we want to get married? Exactly. Do we want to get married in a year? Do we want to get married in six months? Like I called up the bed and breakfast and was like, what's the soonest date that we can get married? And they were like, uh, Friday, March 16th. So I'm like, okay, book it. And that was like eight weeks (laughs) away, (laughs) Yeah. you know? And so, um, like, what's the timeline? How long do you have to save? And what does your credit look like? Like, check your credit and know what your score is. Because if you can, um, you know, depending on what your habits are when it does come to credit cards, if you are if you can get a 0% credit card and, like, you have your whole budget and you're putting everything on that card and then paying it off, like, that's okay. That's okay. And, you know, it's hard to like put a number on it because things I've been married for 10 years. I don't really know what things cost nowadays. And, you know, it definitely depends on, you know, are we getting married in a city? Are we, can we go to a small town? Like what it really depends on what's important to you um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, where you're located, but really having that baseline and that final number that number of what I have to work with. And if that number, exactly. And if that number isn't enough for, because once you have that, and then you go through to the next step, which is determining what's important for you for your wedding day, 
-hmm. If that number isn't enough, then it's okay. We need to look at what can we cut? What can we reduce? Or how can I bring some additional income in for the time period in order to pay for these things? DoorDash, Instant Um, Cart. (laughs) Exactly. Random little side gigs that can fund you. I have seen that. People are like, Like, I'm going to get like this random side job and it's going to pay for my wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Like how can you be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like a scrappy. Yeah, exactly. That's like a random word. Like Yeah. And how can I be creative in order to like, because these things are important to me. So how can I be creative in like creative working solving. toward that? <sighs> exactly. Yes. Exactly. I love this because you're yeah. still not doing, you're still not restricting, you know, you're not like, exactly. okay, no. all we can do in the next eight months is $8,000. Like we have eight thousand mm-hmm. dollars left over a month. We can do mm-hmm. $8,000 yep. and that is our left. That's what we can do. But I, my, the photographer that I want is $4,000. So that's half my budget. Like I need some more money. Mm-hmm. And so then, okay, how can I hack my way? to get that $4,000. What can we do to get yeah. that and make that happen? I love that. Yeah. Cause that's still also not really going into debt. Um, right. but also I've seen another, like a wedding hack. And I would say this is good for people if they're good at paying off cards and good at following their budget and they're practicing mm-hmm. their budget now, but they mm-hmm. get a credit card with points and then they like pay for their entire mm-hmm. wedding with that card. And then they have all the points and it pays for their honeymoon. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and that's where like if you are disciplined, if you have, if you're disciplined, yeah. If you're disciplined and you have the budget so that you're not just, Oh, it's a credit card. So I can, that means I can buy whatever I want. You're still sticking. Yeah, exactly. You're still sticking with that budget. And so I recommend having like your regular budget and then a wedding budget and you're tracking everything that you're spending. I love that. So yeah. this group coaching program that you've been referencing, tell me mm-hmm. about that. And what does that look like? What would that look like for a bride? Um, mm-hmm. How is that beneficial? Like, tell me all about it. Oh my gosh. Okay. So the, because I might sign program, up. <laughs> <laughs> so the group budgeting program, this is the third round um, that I'm doing. It starts September 15th. I am incredibly excited about it. Um, but it's a six week intensive deep dive into your finances um, in a fully supported group setting. Um, and so we're coming together, we're building your budget, and then we are talking about goals and savings accounts and how to structure your savings accounts so that it is doable and realistic and also structuring them in a way so that you're not just transferring the money back into your checking account and using your debit card. Uh Uh Um, And so Uh I recommend too, you know, when you're thinking about setting up a budget for your wedding and how to pay for it. um, I love Ally Bank because they have buckets. So you have one savings account, but then you can have 10 different buckets. You can literally have a wedding bucket. I love that. And each week or every other week when you get paid, you put that one amount that you've determined because you have your budget now, um, you get that amount transferred into your bucket and you pay for the wedding out of your bucket. And so if there isn't anything in the bucket, then you wait, you wait for two weeks next paycheck. 
bucket fills exactly. back up. Exactly. It helps with yeah. discipline. And it does. Spending fake monopoly money. It does. And it takes two to three days. Like if you transfer money out of it, it takes two to three days to like hit your account. So it's not that quick, like, oh, I, yes. want, I want this now. So, so impulse I'm spending just... isn't happening exactly. so much. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love that. So this supportive group, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Because for me, I'm like, okay, so we're going to dive into my finances in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. No. So, you so t- yeah, it's- so see, see, this is why I'm asking the questions. This is why um, it's good that I'm so, here with it for this question. Yeah. I'm like, ooh, here's my question. Okay. So, the group program, I've had people that run the gamut in this group program. Some are completely open, they don't care. They will talk about their numbers, they'll talk about their debt, they'll talk about everything. And then I have other people who ask very like high level questions. Um, like how can I set up a savings account? Like what can I do? And they're not actually giving like their, their specific numbers. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's really the purpose of the group program is to learn from each other and create community because we have been, most of us have been taught that we don't talk about money. And so it creates that, it just feeds that shame cycle And so the premise of having a community is to start breaking that cycle down and understanding that it is okay to talk about money. Like everybody uses it. Everybody has it. Everybody needs it. Everybody has bills. Most people have had debt in their lives. Um, And so when you have the space um, to really open up about those things, it just, it's like a weight is lifted. And so, so yeah, you can come in and be as free in your speaking as you want or as closed off, but knowing that you have the group behind you to support you wherever you are, we're always meeting you there. I love that. And then there's little, these little random things that people share, like the ally banking, exactly, random little things help you push you Mm -hmm. forward. And it's not this, like, I'm part of some Facebook groups that have like thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And it's like, I'm not comfortable asking a question. And so it's just this, I cap it at 10 people um, to keep it small and to keep it to make sure that not only are people getting what they need out of it, and they're getting the time that they, you know, are investing in, but also there aren't a ton of people that you have to like, it's like, like a close Feel. friend group. Exactly. Exactly. We're besties. We're BFFs. Like we're all friends here. <laughs> I love it. I yeah. love it. Yeah. And you had mentioned that you have a discount code for our listeners if they want to join in on the I group do. coaching. I do. So I'm doing $100 off for listeners um, using the code. That is so generous. <laughs> using the code bridal BFF. Um and so, yeah, I and, love it. and all of that information is on my website, which is yourbudgetbff.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram at yourbudgetbff, and I love Instagram. It's probably my favorite place to hang out. So, yeah, um, you're so cute yeah. on Instagram. I mean, that's where oh. I found you. I love, <laughs> I was like, I need her on here. Yeah. The, you, but you can also, people can also work with you one-on-one, right? So if they wanted, Absolutely. like, Yes. So if the group setting is just not okay with you, um, I do one-to-one. Um, that's a six-month commitment. And that is like 
I am your best. You need that. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I am your best friend for six months when it comes to your finances. Um, and I do work with men one, one to one. Um, Chris. I do women and men <laughs> in the one to one. Hey, baby, so, if you want to do this, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, um, seriously. So it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, I've had like even one, one client, you know, realized how much she was spending dining out and over the course of the six weeks like saved over seven hundred dollars oh my god just because she was finally aware and she was able to shift and so it's like I feel like you know that that fear of the thought of looking at your numbers is usually way worse than it actually is looking at them um and it just like once you look at them, you like face that fear. It's incredibly empowering and you just yeah. get confident. And um, also, if you um, sign up for the group program before September 1st, um, I'm not sure when this is airing, but um, before September 1st, it includes a 90 minute budget setup session with me one to one. And so we get that all set up like we we get together. We plug in all of your numbers into the budgeting system like and you words. can hit the ground running. I yeah, absolutely so. love that. And then you also have, I believe, a um, like somebody can just purchase like your budgeting spreadsheet. Yeah. 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 Yep. It's so a, like it's kind of like um, you're covering all levels of people. Yeah, exactly. So it's a template for Google Sheets. Um, and it's, you know, you just buy the template, you plug all your numbers in, there's PDF training guide and video tutorial and just all of the resources that you could possibly need. Um, It's in there. It's in there. And it's completely customizable too. Because that's what I kept getting frustrated with, with other budgeting systems was that it just wasn't customizable. And like, and I don't have children. And so I didn't want all of the categories for children you know yes, so i'm like yeah. okay right. yeah, i don't i don't sense. want that like it's a waste so so yeah so i developed yeah. the system um and perfected it over you know throughout the pandemic and now oh my gosh this is what i have yeah well you're absolutely absolutely incredible i absolutely love talking to you you have the cutest website ever your budget you guys follow caitlin your budget bff on instagram her Instagram is so cute. She's so cute. She's got all these little funny reels and helpful things and just inspire you to continue to budget or start a budget. And hopefully we see you again, Caitlin. Chris, do you have any questions? Caitlin, do you have any comments? I just appreciate being here. And um, yeah, I love Instagram. My DMs are always open. So um, people can ask you questions. Yes. Yes. Always always perfect Love that caitlin thank you so much for your time and thank you for uh giving our listeners a code i hope that some of you guys will jump in on that um for those of you that like the the idea of a smaller community uh, of people who are like-minded in the sense that you're working towards you know goals to you know have be feel empowered in your finances i think that this is something that would be really really amazing and i hope that some of you guys will take advantage of it i'm gonna talk to lara about it because maybe <laughs> maybe she might want to um but other than that nan caitlin just thank you so much for your time we really appreciate you coming on talking to our thank listeners so and sharing your wealth of knowledge thank you thank you i so appreciate it 
Guys, you know where you can find all of this information. We're going to have all of the websites, all of the links, the discount code, all of that stuff in the show notes. Uh, and so you can follow Caitlin along there. You can check out her shop uh, and then all of the other things like our Patreon, uh, all of that good stuff, our private Facebook group for planning brides. All of that is found in the show notes as well. Ashley, you got anything else you want to add? When does your group coaching start? September 15th. September 15th. Okay. Just September wanted to get a date 15th. on there. So if somebody's listening to this after the fact, they can still go to your website and find other yes. options. And the next round after that is January. We're perfect. starting the oh, new, new year off time. fresh. Yeah. Beautiful. That's the best time that. to start. People are ready to budget in January. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. Well, thank you again, Caitlin and everybody else. Thank we you. will catch you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>